scrimmage. Here's Cora. Welcome to the Casuals to Degenerates podcast. I'm your host, Luke Probasco, and with me, as always, is Jacob Belleville, and back from hibernation is Aaron Tweet. Welcome, guys. How's it going? Howdy. It's it's going pretty well. Jacob, I'm glad to see you were able to make it tonight. You were able to pause your game of twister that you were playing with my words earlier this morning in the group chat so i appreciate it i appreciate it i have no idea what you're talking about (laughs) and with us this week we have a guest matt from campus to canton also on twitter at big wide receiver guy huge into small running backs he loves the small running backs welcome matt hey everybody thanks for having me on so we're going to do a little bit of recruit talk today. That's why we have Matt, one of the brightest of minds in uh, the Twitterverse that we see. I wouldn't say that, but you are great. Butter me up, though. though. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> so first, make sure that you go out there, you download the podcast, rate and review. There's several of you in the league who still are not listening. I know who you are. Um All the analytics tell me exactly who it is who's not listening. So just start listening. We're here to make you smarter because there's a lot of dumb things happening in this league, and Tweet knows what it is. Jacob won't trade with him. That's what it is. Yeah, Nate should really start listening to the podcast. I'm really tired of Jacob declining every trade I send him. (laughs) That trade was terrible. Well, the other four I sent you weren't. The other four. Oh, you only screenshotted one, Jacob. No, no. I tried to get one, too. Yeah. I guess I was cropping photos. <laughs> wow. Well, we'll get into our quick hitter with a little game of Who Am I? Same as always, there will be five uh, questions by the end of the fifth one. Hopefully, you guys can figure it out. This goes college and NFL, so we'll start here with question one. I am an ACC wide receiver going into my third year. I'll be a little bit quicker on these first two. I scored 14.96 points per game last year, and that's one point per game better than Malik Neighbors. All right. Lock it in, lock it in. All right, wrong again. But Jacob locked it in after two. Question or statement three here. I was thirty fifth in the nation and fifth in the ACC in receiving yards with nine hundred and seventy five. Yep, I'm wrong. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Number four, famous alumni of my school are Jim Brown, Marvin Harrison, and Donovan McNabb. I think I can lock it in then. Okay, Matt's going to lock it in. Tweets. 
I don't know a single Syracuse wide receiver, so I'm screwed. Lock <laughs> <laughs> <Walk> it in. <laughs> All right. Well, at least you got to that point. Five. If I have a favorite fruit, it would be an orange. And I will be a free agent in our upcoming supplemental draft. Uh, fun note, if you still haven't got it at this point, his dad was an undrafted free agent for the Cowboys in 1995 who credits Michael Irving for teaching him how to play wide receiver and was promoted to the active roster in January of 96 for the NFC Championship game. Belleville, you locked it in after two. What name do you have? After two, I was going to say Bo Collins, but it's Aronde Gadsden. Matt? Yeah, it's Gadsden. Tweet. Yeah, yep, that's who I have, too. That's who you so, all right, guys, he's he's going to be a, you know, in our supplemental draft, he was a free agent and never got picked up. Guy put up, you know, if you want 15 points per game and you're – we're in a three wide receiver, five flex, full point PPR league, that uh, might be worth it here. So, you guys do you guys know the only person that mattered on Syracuse was Sean Tucker, right? Uh Hashtag no, he, not he had a good season. Gats had a good season. I don't care. I have, I have Tucker. That's why I can only care about him. <laughs> Hashtag not pleased. All right. Get into the NCAA news. We got in a, a trade that we'll talk about later, but we've got Styles not starting in the with the ones here at Notre Dame, and he's behind Merriweather. So, Tweet, that should make you pretty happy. I believe you have Merriweather on your squad. Sure do. Uh, you were looking confused. I'm not so sure you know that he's on your team. Well, it's it's good that he is. Uh, Javante Barnes in a boot on his right foot and on a scooter. Going to Texas A&M, Max Johnson is running with the QB1, or is the QB1 right now. So, I really don't know what's going on at Texas A&M whatever Jimbo's doing Grim, something to keep in mind uh, since what's that Fr- Wegman. Wagman Wegman on your team. So something to just be aware of. And then there at uh, Georgia, Roderick Robinson is kind of stealing the show over there. Granted, a lot of the running backs are out with injuries or whatnot, but you got to make most of your opportunities and sounds like he's doing just that. Then we had a transfer today. Yeah, so uh, Trey Potts going to Penn State. Chad, he's on your team. Then he put some NFL news in here about the Steve Kime and former head coach Steve Wilkes. Um, basically, it was like they're like doppelgangers. And so there was like this question of did the wrong guy get fired for whatever impropriety that he committed like when he was on vacation. So – I don't know what Luke really wanted to talk about there. So something now about a burner account. I have no idea. Something about a burner phone and it's just weird. Yeah. It's a but, weird, weird situation. I mean, it's just very Arizona right now. Yep. So we had uh, four trades go down in the league this week and a lot of muttering about some other trades that may be coming down the pipeline. Tweet, you actually sent me your like first trade ever in three years in this league. So that was it was exciting when I got the notification, then I saw the trade and it was bad. It was a pretty elite offer, but you know, some teams don't want to be elite. Basically, you wanted a free player on top of a trade that I thought was fair before, but yeah, you're right. Yep. So the first trade we had was Patrick got Tanner McKee and Nate got an NCAA supplemental pick 207, 301, and then Lorenzo Styles Jr., who looks to be um, a backup right now. Correct, Luke? Yep, that's what it kind of looks like right now. So, I mean, it is just spring news, so we'll see. He is a player that I did kind of like going into last year. So i not sure what's going on, but... Anybody have thoughts on this trade? 
I mean, it is what it is. It's not great. <laughs> but for who? Nobody likes a backup quarterback for a two second round and a third round. I was going to say, you don't know that the NCAA 207 and 301 are going to be backup quarterbacks in the league. <laughs> Matt, do you have any thoughts on this trade? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I'll take the picks and Styles, even though you know it's not looking great for Styles, but still transfer. He's got you know at least two years of eligibility left, so uh, he can at least improve his stock there. But uh, I don't think you know just trading for NFL backup quarterbacks is just not a good uh, strategy, in my opinion. Yeah, I think I think my my issue is like I don't even know if Tanner McKee ever scores like a fantasy point again. Just because, yeah. If you're if you're not the guy, then they just uh, an NFL team is going to draft a quarterback and replace you. So you you basically have to be like a first or a second round pick. Like even like even if you're a guy like Brock Purdy, like he just put yep. up this great performance and he's seen as extremely replaceable still. So yes, it's like best case scenario, it's not that great. Yeah, there's just really no investment from a team unless they go in like the first round. So then the next trade we had was Luke um, got in a 2023 NCAA 204 and an 804 for Keon Grays, who I believe had two yards last year, and he was taken at the 301 last draft. You can say he was taken at the 301, but had I had less picks, I would have taken him sooner in the second round. At like the two hundred four, whatever it happened to have been, I would have taken him in the second round. So, call me a sucker for Keon Grace. Apparently not. You tra- traded him <laughs> away. <laughs> hey, I, I think he got good value for it too. I mean, I wasn't super high on Keon. I know a lot of my colleagues at C two C were. Um, He's still, you know, the upside is still there. Uh, he has to transfer, though. If you if you want value out of this trade, he has to transfer. There's They brought in way too many talented guys above him. Yeah, that entire room is, like, just tough to figure out right now. It's like you can pick the player that you think is the best, but they, who knows what's coming next. So... The third trade we had was kind of a repeat. I've traded the 102 already for this exact same deal, but I get the I get Luke's 2024 NCAA first and second pick, and then he gets the 102. And I've already had a couple of you barking up my tree trying to get 102. You guys had just as many opportunities to get 102 as I did, Jacob plainly stated what he wanted. I missed out on all of his first round picks that he had, that he had the same offer. He got one back and I was like, you know what? F it. I'm going for it. I'm going to get my guy at 102. And that's what I plan on doing. You want Arch Manning. I mean, you need to have that Texas starting quarterback. It's going to be Quinn and things will be just fine. It'll be just fine. Well, and the reality is, is like your your first round and second round pick next year should be like 108. Like, I don't see you being a outside of like the top three college teams going into disrespect for the back to back NCAA champion. My pick will be the very last one. It will be 110. Coming again. Good luck. All right. So the last trade we had was Luke gets the NCAA 107 in 2023. The 201 and a 208. Patrick gets um, for a what? What's that? For what? What do you trade? Dorian Thompson Robinson and the 204. Where does that guy start at? He probably doesn't. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's yeah. I have like four starting quarterbacks on my team that I'm willing to give up. Like I feel like you would have taken that offer for Jordan Love. Yeah, Sam Howell, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Like, come well, on. Are you making any trades? Are you making any offers? Tweet. Are you out there 
mingling with people trying to figure out what they want? Or are you just sitting You made a pretty seat? bad one this morning. I'm always intermingling with the crowd. Yeah. You, no, you know me. I'm, I'm always chattering. Yeah. So. Matt, what were your thoughts? So you asked about thoughts on the other trades. You just blow right over your trades for the two for one. What, Matt, what were you, what were your thoughts? Well, for the previous one, I think that one was pretty fair. I mean, uh, it's, you're just trading future value for current value. So I, I, I don't think you can really make a judgment on like a clear winner there. For this one, though, I, I mean, I, I think you just just stole three really high picks from this guy. That's kind of mean, Luke. Well, what about 204 for uh, 208? I moved back eight spots. Did he steal that oh, from no. me? Yeah, oh, no, for you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that, I would just like the record to show that very fair trades coming out of Jacob. Very <laughs> I did fair. say that. But a lot less trades coming from Jacob. No, People I think I still have seven on the year. So Seven on the year and probably like the course of – of the life of this league, probably eight. I mean, there's always going to be less trades from people that don't just steal from others. So, yep. Probably, would, probably why Luke has so many, you know? I would say people get exactly what they want from me. I heard you're going to try to trade Jamarcus Russell this week for like a few first rounders in the supplemental. I don't that think could be true. He's you know, he can throw from his knees 70 yards. All right. So I have some questions for Matt. So what made you start evaluating high school prospects? And did you start with fantasy relevant positions or did you start with just all positions? Yeah. So I was a NFL draft nut, draft nut since I was in high school. And uh, that, you know, continued out through college and actually ended up getting me into college football. Um, and then once I started my Twitter, I was still just draft focused, but my work quickly got, you know, integrated in with the fantasy community. And then, you know, I started hopping in. Before this, I only played, you know, ESPN redraft leagues. So I quickly made the jump just from that uh, straight to Campus Canton. And I'm in my second year now, or third year now. Nice. So. Yeah, I think. I think I started looking at basically high school prospects because of this league. And it's now become just, it's, it's oh, yeah, I guess I didn't into, really answer it's that evolved into like question. a hobby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause when I, when I started, I, I saw the campus Canton guys were doing, I think it was probably the first year they were doing their freshman stuff. And I didn't see, you know, I thought that was really unique cause nobody else in the fantasy space had really touched that area. So then after that, I just kind of, you know, started digging in myself and, led here for sure yeah i i think it's fun to look back at like some great nfl players and they kind of look similar when you look at their high school stuff like jamar chase looks like jamar chase when you look at his like high school highlights yeah. so these guys definitely cool. stand out very easy on the high school yep team. next question was where did the idea for the athletic comparison tool come from just because I think that tool is one pretty powerful for anybody like trying to just research prospects and two, it's just, I don't know. It's very clean. Like you go on there and you can see kind of the percentile that a player is mm-hmm. in comparison to other guys that are similar sized. Yeah. So I, I mean, I'm at the phase now where I kind of just make things that I want that aren't available currently. And uh, that just happened to be the athleticism tool is one of them. And uh, they decided they liked it too. So we got it up on the site. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty, I, I think something that's pretty unique about mine that, you know, people ask like, oh, what's the difference between like this and Raz? And you wouldn't think it's very different, but it's actually, you know, entirely yeah. different the way I do things compared to them. First being, uh, it's way entirely different. Everything for mine is way towards NFL draft capital. It's like speed doesn't have the same weight as, you know, agility, for example. It's weighed much higher because that's what the NFL wants. And then, uh, obviously, the amount of college players I have, active college players. I just hit over 1,000 active college players in the database. I just think it's a great, like, tool to be able to heat check things. Like, because sometimes you watch a prospect and you love how they look. Like, for me, it was Deshaun Bishop in in this incoming class. Like, I loved everything I saw on Huddle. But then 
come to find out he's not that great of an athlete, right? So yeah, I think he had a pretty mid mile per yep. hour time. And I think that's another thing that I like about it is that I could put in mile per hour times. I have track times. I have track jumps. I have, you know, every possible, you know, athletic data point it's the database is capable of taking. So I think that makes it kind of unique in itself. Yeah. Which, I mean, it takes a long time to even like, if I'm going to research a guy, it takes a long time of Googling things just to figure out what kind of athlete is this player. And so to have that all in one place, to me, it's worth a subscription to be honest. Thank you. We definitely try to make our subscriptions worth it. Yep. What are the odds of putting my athletic stats in there and just you send seeing it to where me. I... I can get you in there? I mean, I run at least thirty-three miles per hour. Oh, I, I never in your life, <laughs> Matt. You tell us exactly what you need, and we're getting together for the draft. We will have Aaron do what you need to get those and. I would love to see his stuff in that comparison tool. Yeah, I I can do it. You just got to give me weight and at least a, a speed timing. So mile per hour, 40, zero uh, track time, any sort of speed, and then anything else you want on top of that. So you got you know, bench press, you want to throw that in there, you want to get his vertical jump, broad, whatever. Let's just put you through it. Yeah, I really want to do this. <laughs> I really want to do this. It can be like uh, – on the the combine when uh what's his name does the 40 yeah it could be the exact same like how does an average joe from iowa who drinks a lot of bush light compare (laughs) to these athletes i'm just excited to be compared to justin jefferson i think that's my comp oh man tweet you've had a hip replacement right yeah, at age 29. So I think, <laughs> I still think Justin Jefferson's my cop. That's great. I think we should I do like that. optimism. I think we should do everybody. Let's find out who the athletes in this league are. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. That would be fun. All right. We're going to have a field day. All right. So. Third question I have is, do you have a favorite prospect, not necessarily this class, that you have just enjoyed evaluating the most? Yeah, so it actually it's in the 2024 class right now in uh, Mika Hudson. He's a wide receiver out of Texas, and he's just incredible talent. For me, he's probably you know the best wide receiver in the past three classes probably. So uh, just you know, super fun player, extremely well-rounded, does just everything extremely high end. So, uh, yeah, his highlights, easy are, life. his highlights are ridiculous. Yeah. It's yeah. insane. I, his only drawback right now is that he doesn't have any elite athletic testing, but more than fine to, you know. Yep. Next question was what is the easiest position to evaluate and which is the hardest? Yeah. So I would have to put it between running back or tight end. Uh, both positions historically, you can rely on you know athleticism and production more to uh, you know make your evaluations there. So it's a bit more straightforward that you can lean on other things. Quarterback, obviously, the hardest. I mean, you know, yeah, people in the NFL can't even do it well. And same thing with wide receivers. Really, wide receivers are really hard to project. Uh, I I think I'm okay at it. I wouldn't say I'm amazing. I think most people aren't very good at it because. There's so many different ways that you can attack the position. There's so many different ways you can win. There's so many different things that teams are looking for that are different from each other. So uh, there's just so many – there's just a lot. There's just a lot compared to, like, running back where it's a lot more straightforward, I feel like. Yep. Yeah, like tight end, I get that the hit rate isn't great, but at the same time you really just want a big one who's really fast. I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, that's just a, it's just a common theme between like every yep. top five tight end. That's really all you really want is a top five tight end. So, yep. So then, my last question is: What is ne- is the next big initiative for the recruiting team at Campus to Canton? Obviously, you guys are coming out with tools. You're working on the 2024 class, but I don't know if there's like a peek behind the curtain of something that you're pretty excited about. Yeah, so we wanted to do this for the previous class, but we just, you know, we couldn't get around to it. We're doing a lot of foundation building work on, you know, all of our tools, all of our databases. But uh, this year we want to get a lot of charting done, to get a lot of these, you know, unique metrics out there. Um, 
I, I think it adds so much more than just, you know, the box score stats that we get from Max Preps and making models off of that. They are helpful, of course, but, you know, they can only do so much with just, you know, very basic box score stats. So uh, I really feel like that's going to be a game changer because, you know, nobody else is really doing that. And if they are, they aren't putting it out for people to consume. So uh, I think that's something valuable that's going to be, you know, available for everybody next year. Nice. Those were all of my questions. Um, I think a player that was ta- I talked about um, that you're a little bit lower on, that I'm a little bit higher on, was Nico Iamalieva going to Tennessee. I was just wondering, I really don't know how to scout like quarterback at all. So when I look at him, just from you know plugging in his weight and height and all that kind of stuff, I like him. So I, I didn't know if there was something specific that I was kind of missing. With him, yeah, Grace. I mean, he didn't throw a single interception his junior year or was his senior year? I think it was junior, junior, yep. But I don't think he threw a ton his senior either. Um, he's I mean, it, with these, you really have to watch the full game tape to really get the full picture on these guys. If you're watching, especially quarterbacks, like if you're watching quarterback highlights, you're not going to learn much. Like, you just yeah. learn that, yeah, he can complete these passes, you know, and do it well. Uh, you know, when you watch his full game tape, there's he has a lot of very errant throws that just like they're not even within the vicinity of his targeted wide receiver. I mean, he obviously has very high points as well, you know, very high in physical talent, but uh, that part just scared me off a little bit. But you know, everyone has him as a consensus, you know, what top three quarterback all the services do, or top two still. So, uh, you know, they see something in them. Quarterback's extremely hard to predict. I'm not going to say with any certainty, like, oh, Nigo can't be good, especially when he's going to, you know, Tennessee, where he's going to be an yep. awesome offense. He can produce in college for sure. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's just my general thoughts on him. Nice. Is there anything else, Luke? Oh, we put in uh, rank the OS, uh, Ohio State wide receivers – that were incoming freshmen for 23 and 22. Yeah, I'm going to lump some 24s in there too. Yep. Um, So my number one is actually Mylon Graham of the 2024 class, which is a little bit of a hot take right now. Jeremiah Smith is like the consensus wide receiver one in, uh, you know, by all the services. People are saying he's the best since Julio, which I don't quite see. I think he's a very talented player. Don't get me wrong. Tier one wide receiver. I just don't think quite that high. So yep. Milan Graham would be my one. Then it's either Smith or Brandon Innes, pretty close between those two. I'd probably lean Innes at the moment. Um, then after that, uh, Carnell Tate probably. Um, then it would be close between Noah Rogers and Keon Grays. Uh, I would probably lean Rogers because of the upside. And then it's all the 22 guys. So then Grays, uh, Kojo, Kojo, Caleb Brown and I have Caleb Burton is pretty much done. It sounds like uh, yep. his, his lingering injury just, he hasn't healed well from what it sounds. So I mean, he's kind of out of the picture. It seems. Do you feel like when you have an incoming freshman and then like a sophomore? So in the case of like, you're talking about like Brandon or Brandon Innes and uh, the uh, 2024 pop guy, uh, Jeremiah Smith, Jeremiah Smith. Do you think it matters being there for a year? I mean, I know a lot of those conversations happens, but you kind of talk about it more from a quarterback standpoint. But what about a wide receiver? Do you think just kind of talent wins out or being in that system for a year really matters? I I do think being in the system definitely does matter, but not to the extent where talent isn't going to overtake it, which is why, like, you know, all these 2024 guys – or the 2022 class, I mean, with Grays, Kojo, both the Calebs, you know, they're they're kind of getting overwatched by the talent, even though, you know, they're going to have that seniority. I'm sure Grays will, you know, get some play time this year, but he's not going to be a heavy producer ever, it seems like, just because, you know, all of this talent is ahead of them, unfortunately. What do you – I mean, you said you play C2C. Like, how do you evaluate these Ohio State – wide receivers in the future like hey i want to get this guy i want to get keon grays but then you're always looking at that next class and then you're like well that class is better but then you know people transfer people do all this stuff what do you what do you do with that 
kind of wide receiver room, knowing that something bigger and better is honestly probably waiting outside. I, I think you have to attack it with value. You you can't. I don't think you should be reaching for some of these guys based off the idea of college production per se, because you you just don't know what they're gonna you know get on the field. I think you know just the talent level. All of them can transfer out and still be you know potential day two picks just because you know they're Ohio State wide receivers. They just didn't get the chance to shine because of the immense talent that's in front of them already. So, um, uh, did that answer your question? I totally just lost track. Yep, that that did. I think a lot of people still think about the Jameson Williams. It's not, you know, it's still pretty fresh. Yeah, that's a mind. perfect example of what I was saying. Yeah, you you just have to trust the talent to a certain extent. Uh, yeah, but unless you know, there's a big disparity there. Like a guy like Kojo, like I was never, he was never like a top twenty wide receiver for me. So yeah. like, I'm not gonna you know throw a bet on there and hope he transfers. Like I have to believe in the talent for me to hope. Like Keon would be a good call because I think he was like. Like my wires here at twelve in that class, like yeah, like you know, it'd be nice to be transferred. He could you know make a nice little career for himself still. Yeah, the Ohio State wide receiver room is basically the same as the Georgia running back room. Yeah, like, I, <laughs> there's so much talent that mm. you take the guys, so, but you take the guys, but you don't know if they're actually going to really produce that much on the college side for you. Mm-hmm, exactly. Well, I think that gets us into our freshman player profiles. So, Matt, why don't you uh, get us started? You're our guest. Let's, you know, dive into a couple fresh, future freshmen that will be available in our supplemental. Uh, yeah, so first I guess I'll start off with Vandrevious uh, Jacobs, wide receiver at Florida State. Um, I don't know his exact ranking. He was a four-star on the composite, though. Probably pretty low on that end of the spectrum. I imagine he's probably outside the top 30. Um, but he has done spectacular in the spring so far. He's definitely made a name for himself. He has looked like you know one of the better wide receivers on the team as a true freshman coming in. Uh, he was a late riser, which is why the services weren't really on him. Most of their valuations kind of geared towards players' junior year, so they miss out on some of these uh, senior sleepers, I would say. Uh, he, he was one of the most productive uh, wide receivers in the state of Florida. Uh, you know, like 1,400 yards, well over double-digit touchdowns. Just a super producer. Uh, it's like six foot one, 170, good athlete. Uh, you know, not the most refined, but he has a good feel for position. And uh, he can win, you know, jump balls. He can win after the catch. He's just a super well-rounded guy. And uh, I'm glad to see he's making a name for himself already. So that's my first guy. And then I don't have my second guy yet. I actually forgot to pick so maybe one of you guys can go first and i'll pick my second guy here yeah we'll go here in a in a loop jacob why don't you talk to us about your uh first guy here yeah so the guy that i picked to kind of highlight for wide receivers was joshua manning um he's 6'3 190 he's a four star but i mean he was like top 30 ish like in the composite rankings um basically when i watched him it was really hard to like just pick holes in his game like he just seemed pretty good in general like whatever he was being asked to do um he's going to Missouri I like him quite a bit I don't know if he's like a stud athlete or anything like that but I just think he's a good receiver so there's worse bets you can make like in fifth sixth round of our supplemental supplemental draft uh than him so yeah Joshua you love those Missouri wide receivers I have been, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of your go-to. It has been the last two years, yeah. Tweet, what do you got? I got a whole lot of everything. Y'all know that. The bear. <laughs> the bear is here. And you know how he's southern and he's go Tigers. We just won the national title in the women's game. Y'all see that? Go Tigres. Pow. That was Oklahoma State, but same thing. All right. Um, I don't know. I just did a very small, small research. I like Shelton Sampson Jr. Guy's 6'4". I mean, he looks good. Uh, seems to be pretty quick. 
seems to do a lot of things really well. I watched his tape. That's about all I did, and I really liked him. So, go Tigers. That's uh, people come here literally to not listen to anything Jacob and I have to say. They come to listen to the content by the Southern Bear, and I feel like that was top notch. It was. He even picked a good player. I mean, that was that was great. <laughs> What's funny is I actually did watch his tape and he looks freaking legit. So yeah, he looks really. He's. he's <laughs> I'm pretty. I'm pretty high on him. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, any any thoughts there on uh, tweets, guy? Yeah, I, I like Samson. I think I'm a bit lower than like the services are. He's my wide receiver ten in the class, but I mean, I, he's definitely really good. And the LSU offense was much better than expected last year. So yeah, there's there's enough to help for there. All right, my guy here that. I am looking at is a four star in the composite Rashid Williams going to Washington kind of like that offense and what they're building there in Washington and uh, things to come. He's six two one eighty five. things that I liked in his, you know, tape was that he high points the ball pretty well. Um, he played as a freshman. Not a lot of these kids will get in freshman work, but if you're getting in varsity work as a freshman, that's pretty good. Um, adjusts to the, the thrown balls um, and gets up field and top speed pretty quickly. At least it looked per the tape that I'm looking at. He's got some pretty good hands, but he kind of drifts up the field um, instead of like back to the ball. He doesn't go attack that ball. So some things that he could work on there. But, again, I talked about it last last week. Typically, routes you're going to see are screens and jet sweeps and slants and goes. Uh, he had more variety of his routes, um, I feel like, in comparison to a lot of the other guys that I watched. Um, and he wins. Matt, you kind of talked about it before which makes wide receivers hard about different ways to win you can win in the route you can win you know at the line of scrimmage you can win at different points and i feel like he kind of wins at in the route and and at the catch point he's got some pretty good footwork off the line um but he just doesn't pull away from guys he's more of a physical guy he's going to um like i said washington and i just like what they're building there and i feel like he he could be a, a solid cff producer with maybe like a Day three upside type guy. Anybody else have any thoughts on Rashid Williams? I think what you said is fair. I just guys like that. I just I'm, it's hard for me to get into guys that aren't high end athletes and they also aren't very good after the catch. That's a duo yep. for me that uh, usually turns me off from a guy pretty quickly. That was the case with Rashid. I think he's you know definitely good enough to produce. You know at Washington though, it's a great offense to be in. All right, Matt. What's uh your next guy? Uh, yeah, so I'll, I'm gonna go with Mike Mitchell here. He's a uh, pretty lowly rated by 24/7. I think he's 29th in the in the composite, low end four star going to uh, Utah. Uh, I think that he just weighed in over 200 pounds, which is nice to see. But he's a super physical grinder back out of Florida. Uh, we actually timed him pretty good. I think he got you know 21.3 miles per hour over 21 which is great for a running back his size, uh, 10, 800 meter in high school too, to back it up. So he's got the verified speed uh, and he's just a good, consistent grind, grinder running back. He pounds the ball, uh, not much of a receiver, but that's you know, not going to be a problem at Utah. And, uh, you know, they, they got Jalen Glover last year who kind of disappointed a little bit. They got a bunch of guys in that room. Uh, and I think he'd definitely be next up. Probably not going to do anything this year though. I like him a lot. Yeah. I'm surprised how, underrated he is i think he's my rc over 14 in the class so i i'm not super high on him but higher than what the services are yep so i actually kind of did something that i don't really like to do i'm gonna highlight a quarterback um tad hudson out of basically he's going to north carolina drake may is all but gone to the nfl next year i would assume i don't see him coming back i guess Anything's possible, but I just don't see that happening. Um, but he's been getting a little bit of buzz like this spring, and anytime you can get that for a freshman quarterback, probably pretty good. Um, he could be the next guy up there. I think he's competing with like Connor Harrell, who I also kind of liked last year, but 
it sounds like he might be winning that battle right now. I do know just looking at his stats that he had negative rushing yards, so that's not awesome. But I don't know. It, you got a freshman quarterback who's kind of creating buzz on campus. You can probably get him in the late rounds of our supplemental draft. It just might be worth a dart throw. So, and plus he has proto, prototypical like NFL size for just quarterbacks. He's 6'3, 220 coming in. So, I will say it's very similar, it seems like, to what Connor Harold was doing last year. I feel like he kind of got the same type of buzz last year. So I think it's kind of the freshman type news of like, Hey, you're doing great. Keep it up, buddy. I don't definitely could be. I just, I mean, if you're looking for like a bigger kind of quarterback, then Tad Hudson's going to be your guy over Connor Harrell. But yeah. I just thought it was interesting how much, you know, how much he's getting talked about. And then there's a whole lot of freshman quarterbacks that we're going to take before him, but are they really getting any talked about at all, to be honest? So that's, that's fair. And quarterbacks are really expensive in this league, you know? Apparently. Yeah. I'd like to see what I get for a starter. I should get like four supplementer first. And then I'm the only one with all that though. At least an all-pro tight end, probably. You would have to actually converse with somebody in the league to make a trade, so we're pretty sure that's not going to happen. My problem is I try to do video chats for all my trades, just like they do in the NFL. That makes sense. That so. makes sense. I'm Tweet very official when I play this this fantasy league. So, Oh, is it my turn? It is the Southern Bears' turn. Oh, boy. Well, the Bears going to bring in his luggage, and it's Louie. All right? It's fucking Louie. So, what I'm bringing in is Omarion Miller. I kind of like this guy. Luke Luke led me on to him. I don't feel like Colorado has a whole lot of guys coming back. He has a chance to maybe break the roster. I mean, he seems pretty good. I hope he breaks the roster. They did recruit him. Well, I mean, (laughs) the starting one, the one where they start. He's a good player, but Louie? That's what we're bringing in. I mean, we're Dion, bro. If you don't like it, you better hit the portal. Better or worse player? Tweet. I just need to know. He's currently in the portal. (laughs) I just want to know, Tweet. Better or worse than Tez Johnson? Tez is legit, but he's going to be better. Okay. Any thoughts there, Matt, on uh, O'Marion? I mean, he kind of falls into my uh, rule there with Rasheed Williams. Not a very juicy athlete. Doesn't do much after the catch. And he uh, he played some really bad low-level competition out there in Louisiana. He did. And plus, Colorado's recruiting their asses off a of wide receiver. So, it's just uh, not not something I'm loving for C2C. But Colorado's like owning the portal. Yeah. I mean, they got, a tough, they, got, they, got a, they got a tough schedule this next year, but, I mean, they're doing a lot of things like right. Mm-hmm. Some of those players wouldn't go to Iowa State, tweet. I mean. Well, I mean, they won it last year, but now that Brock Purdy's elite, they, they probably would. Just because they see him coming in the NFL and being elite. So, listen, Brock Purdy has some of the worst college football plays I've ever seen. And he's an elite NFL quarterback. I, guess I, I mean, so. that just is what it is. I guess so. <laughs> I, I do want to bring this up just because I think it is worth mentioning. You know, high school is a lot different than college where you don't always get to pick where you go to high school. Um, so, talked about definitely his. Poor competition, but he also did have like 13 yards, 1300 yards receiving and 15 touchdowns his senior year. So, like, given the poor competition, he's at least doing something. So, that also, you know, it it's something maybe not great, but it no, is that's something. fair. I mean, yeah, I mean, you can't expect him to do anything more than that. So, so I, I will give him that slack. Uh, my next guy that I want to talk about is uh, Rico Flores, four-star in the composite, going to Notre Dame. 
I'm more of a fan of Jaden Greathouse, but uh, Rico's getting some buzz here on the on the Bird app. So let me. I just lost all my notes for him. But, Uncle Rico. So, Uncle Rico. Oh. So he played over uh, like he played some pretty good competition, um, and stats wise, did pretty good. Um, in comparison to you know other guys, had Are you reading thousand, my notes. Because that's what it sounds like. He had a thousand yards receiving. He had eight touchdowns. The year prior, he had eleven hundred yards receiving and eleven touchdowns. And his uh, strength of schedule is what I kind of use for like how good the competition is. Average his senior and junior year was 39.75. Well, the average that I have of the guys that I watched is 24. So he's playing good competition and he's producing at a high level. And there's not a lot really there, in my opinion, for the Notre Dame wide receiver room. Do we see maybe a little bit of him uh, as a freshman? I think there's a good chance that, you know, he might, he might show something and I think he'll be on the outside. So. Maybe worth a stab. Chad, you're a Notre Dame fan. You'll probably take him with your probably second pick. Who knows? Does he play tight end? Oh, he doesn't. So, no. Yeah, he'll probably be a fourth rounder. Yeah, it'll be a fourth rounder. He'll have to get like the three Notre Dame tight ends before anything. Yep. So, anybody have any thoughts there on Rico? Uncle Rico? I was probably a bit too low on Rico. I mean, he's another guy, not a very juiced up athlete, so hard for me to get to him. He's actually decent after the catch, though. Very refined receiver, going to separate no problem, you know, at this level. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's obviously what's helped him stand out so far. So, uh, definitely got to look into, yeah. I I think I've definitely figured it out here in all the recruiting stuff with Jacob and I talking. Jacob and I like very different things. Jacob likes the big athletic yak guys. And I liked, I like Jane Greathouse. Not a super athletic guy, but he's kind of that Keenan Allen type. I just seem to like those refined route runners. And I don't know. That's just kind of where I, I go. It's not that I don't like route runners. It's the fact that I think it's learnable. So like you can't learn to be faster. You can learn to run better routes. And so I'm just like betting for like ceiling pretty much. But so many wide receivers, if you follow along and look at the NFL, they don't learn to be better route runners. Especially a lot of those freak athletes. I understand that is their problem. I'm just trying to find the next Julio. Okay. You want Julio and everybody's looking for Antonio Brown, you know, your boy. I don't, I don't know how you look for Antonio Brown, but, yeah, he was incredible. Yeah. In an unrelated question, Matt, if you had to stack up Ohio State's best players and then have a, a game against Central Michigan's best players, who would win that game? That, that's, a, that's a pretty tough one. Uh, Ohio State? Ohio State, that is the right answer. Jacob, you were on one earlier this morning with your whole Central Michigan uh, defensive end talk, yours. Okay. Wide receiver talk. I, I just said wide receiver and defensive end. What Ohio State wide receiver is better than Antonio Brown? Like Michael Thomas is the closest. Chris, probably. Chris Gardner. Michael Thomas hasn't played for. As many it years. It doesn't matter. Like Chris Carter. I mean, there you go. Yeah, Chris Carter. I, I, would, I would say that Tony Brown had the better career, though. Yeah. So then, okay, what is Chase Young better than J.J. Watt? I think you got to go Nick Bosa there. Now, here's where I'm cheating is J.J. Watt actually. Yeah, I was about like, to say. In his career, it was transferred. <laughs> was he at – was he there? I didn't He's, know. Yeah, he was there. He was there. Oh. Yeah. He started his career at Central, and then he went over was to – Is he a tight end there too still? Yeah. <laughs> so, so I was cheating a little bit, but mm. I'm just saying. Central Michigan is the school to watch. Okay. So his uh, – Not quite. JJ, interesting story <laughs> if you guys aren't aware. JJ's 
got a full ride to Central Michigan, and he really, really wanted to go play for Wisconsin. So he decided to walk on at Wisconsin, and he talked to his parents. He's like, hey, I want to give up my full ride scholarship to go to Wisconsin. And his parents were like, well, you're going to have to pay for it. So, like, is that what you really want? And he said yes, and I think it turned out pretty well for him. He did all right. So, but the one thing Chris Carter did better than Antonio Brown is he had a fall guy. Sideline catches? Okay. No, he had a fall, he had a fall guy. You always got to have a fall guy. Everyone knows that. Uh, Antonio Brown's willing to just take whatever, you know. <laughs> he No shame in that game. Chris Carter has to have, like, top ten hands ever. Yeah. I mean, some of his catches are ridiculous. So, so that kind of that's kinda what we have for for the docket to tonight. I appreciate Matt you joining us tonight, uh, late over there in New Jersey. Uh, Russ, rough was eleven ten. Eleven ten. Probably. I mean, you're you're probably in bed by like eight. You know. Sure. Yeah. yeah. We can say that. <laughs> so I I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, here's kind of your plug. You know, you can talk about whatever you want. Your the official things you do on Twitter, whatever it is, you plug it. This is this is your time. Uh, I mean, if for some reason, if anybody is in the league isn't a Campus to Canton member, I would highly suggest joining. I think you got a really good bang for your buck out of you know any tier of the membership. I don't think anybody really puts out the level of content that we do in that regard for the value wise. So that's it. And everybody, we need to get together for this draft and do our athletic comps. Obviously, with my surgery, I will not be able to participate in the bench oh, press. Sounds like a comp. Oh, just the bench. I can't straighten my arm right now. That's fair. That's fair. So other things I can, I can do. I'm not exactly sure where we're going to find a, a vertical jump thing, but we could probably do something with uh, sheets of construction paper. Yeah, or, uh, do do some tape along tape against the wall. Measure I have where twelve foot reaches. ceiling, so we can kind of measure it off that. Just brag some weight. Just brag a little bit. More. Well, I mean, we I could have six got, foot I could have six foot ceilings, and none of us are going to really hit it. So <laughs> I've got twelve foot ceilings, but the crown molding reaches down to. <laughs> none of us are touching it. <laughs> so. That's going to do it for us tonight. Next week, we'll be back next Thursday on the 13th. We will have our first team manager interview with Sir Charles. If everything comes to plan, we're going to hear about about what Charles has to say about how his last... Sir Charles, Big L? Chad? Notre Notre Dame. So we're going to hear about the cellar dweller, how he's felt being down there (laughs) in the deep, deep cellar in the NFL. He's trying to build things up. I think he might have a plan here for the NCAA side. He's got, he's got one Oh three and one Oh six, I believe, or one Oh seven, something like that. He's got two top picks. Maybe uh, get some quarterbacks. We're not sure. Maybe we'll uh, find out next week. So stay uh, tune in next week. And don't forget to start your studs. And don't let Jacob play Twister with any of your words. Good night. Rawr. Awesome.